Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to episode 23 of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Over the last few weeks, we've been wedding dress shopping, we've been hen party planning, and we've even been on honeymoon in the virtual podcast events. And today, we're off to the movies. Specifically, we're talking about weddings in the movies. From Father of the Bride to Wedding Crashers, we are obsessed with Hollywood's portrayal of all things matrimonial. And today, we'll be chatting about what we can learn from weddings on the big screen, along with our best and worst wedding movie moments. We'll be joined a little later in the studio by FM 104's resident movie buff Stephen King O'Farrell. And Selena, you were also a movie critic in a past life, so I'm feeling a little bit underqualified for this one, but I have been doing my homework. This has actually been a really fun one to research, although I think I thought that we were going to sit down as a trio with like popcorn and yes. blankets and watch all the films. It was my vision. It wasn't quite Monday night, one in the morning, speed watching, four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> yeah, or I did the same thing, but like one random morning while making breakfast and uh, trying to get my Pilates session in the morning. So it wasn't yeah. as idyllic. We have been intended. cramming, but it's all for your listening pleasure. Yeah, I have a question as well on the topic of wedding movies. Mm. Is it a good thing to watch wedding theme movies when you're planning your wedding? Would it not get a bit much? I think maybe one or two. I wouldn't go overboard. I wouldn't be on a strict diet of them. Yeah, a friend of mine said that she was trying to bash through like 10 of them while she was wedding planning. And I was like, give yourself a break, girl. No, I'd maybe revisit a few old favourites just to get you excited and in the mood. Yeah, to bring up a little bit of pre-wedding sparkle. Yeah, maybe nothing with a runaway bride in it. No, Uh, but we will talk about that and lots more on the show. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. Here at the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, we are determined to help you avoid as many wedding-related mishaps as possible, which is why we offer up a handy tip every single week. Now, this week, Claire has got some great advice that I know all engaged couples could benefit from. So this one has come up quite a bit recently. It's not to finalise your table plan until the day before your wedding. So I don't mean don't make table plan. You can make a plan maybe a month out when you get back your RSVPs. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about etching it in marble, creating a long wooden table like Kim and Kanye did for their wedding, even Kim and Kanye had some people that didn't show up and now the table is erroneous forever. Yeah. So if you are putting a lot of work into your wedding plan, I would try, if at all possible, to leave it until last minute because there'll always be inevitable cancellations. Or make it customizable. At the 11th hour. Exactly. So maybe you're doing like the thing with the mall and picture frames and you can just print them out at the last minute. Or if you have a scribe in the family who can edit it late in the day. It's not that you'll definitely have cancellations, but there is a high chance. You just never know what's going to happen. You never know. Someone might go into labour. Someone might break a leg. And you don't want to be devastated that you've dropped a grand on some really fancy calligraphy exactly. table plan that you can't or edit. In your case, I think everyone came, but the tables were a different configuration. Yes. So we had three long tables that we ended up having to turn into four less long tables <laughs> on the night before the wedding. And so we basically had to like cobble together a table plan. But luckily, my dad is very talented 
in handwriting department so he was able to sort it out he is I get very excited whenever he sends me post he does which is sometimes yeah it is sometimes (laughs) (laughs) so this is a great tip because I hear it all the time but I don't think we've actually said it on the show before yeah so now we're etching it in stone ourselves the advice is not to edge it down now. <laughs> yeah, of course. You, you'll get it. You, listeners at home, you get it. It's fine. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. It's safe to say that weddings are a little more dramatic on the big screen than they are in real life. But today, we're confident that we can find some sneaky nuggets of wisdom in Hollywood's finest wedding films. And to help us, we've drafted in film reviewer, pop culture expert, and pseudo newlywed himself, Stephen King O'Farrell. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks Stephen, for me. you're so welcome. Uh, you got married last year, I believe. About yeah, a year ago? A be- like a year and a half. I'm two years come October. So, um, yeah, two years ago, we got married after being together for... 13 years Ah so exciting Yeah yeah Thank you very much Those are my favourite Kinds of weddings Where you know They've been together For ages Yeah yeah Like they've finally Said to themselves Yeah we're not Getting better than each other (laughs) Yeah 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 Here we go The (laughs) romance And on that note We were hoping That you could sum up Your wedding for us In a wedding movie It doesn't even (sighs) need To be a wedding movie Any movie Right Could be a slasher film Right like (laughs) Claire, it's <laughs> harsh. In saying that, like, uh, it's uh, a movie. How about this, right? I could say that definitely it would be directed by Wes Anderson. And Gorgeous. It, it probably would have been scripted by Judd Apatow. Aww. So it would have been a, a mixture of um, good crack and certain elements of it, like, looking really really cool which we were very I happy go to with. that wedding oh yeah. my god i feel like people can now use that as their mood board for their wedding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> congratulations guys yeah. yeah there you go so we should explain the format for today's show so each of the three of us have picked our favorite wedding themed movie and we all forced the other two to watch it yep. in preparation for recording so we will discuss those anon now Stephen, as you're our guest we will start with yours my pick is Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, I love this film and I think for me it's a film that is filled with nostalgia for me because it came out I think in 94, 95 mm-hmm. around that time. So when I was growing up I watched it and I remember like watching the opening scenes of it and Hugh Grant and his flatmate and they're like effing and blinding getting ready like and I just thought that was cool because as a 10 year old which <laughs> shouldn't have been watching this film I was like what is this this is cool so watching that and then coming to it now like even re-watching it for this but I think I watched it like a year or two ago after having the wedding it was like oh my god yes all of these tropes that you associate mm-hmm. with weddings that are in this I'm like yeah I get it and it's worth saying like in a former life younger Stephen was a wedding supervisor for a couple of years um, in a hotel so I've experienced a lot of these types of weddings as well like the movie kind of rang true I just I love the kind of buzz of it I love the different weddings that are in it the script is really good I think it's Hugh Grant before Hugh Grant is Hugh Grant yeah. if you know what I mean yeah. you know it's Hugh Grant 1.0 yes <laughs> to say. It's, it's Hugh it's the Hugh Grant everyone loves before the arrest yeah uh, exactly. yeah that's the I assume that anyone listening probably has seen it but it's essentially him looking for love and he ends up spoiler he finds it and uh, spoiler he goes to four weddings and he also goes to a funeral so that's kind of the gist of it and it's from Richard Curtis the screenplay is from him and he went on to do like Love Actually and uh, Notting Hill which is another classic I absolutely love that film as well so I absolutely love it Um, again it is nostalgic but I do appreciate it and I guess one of the things when it comes to speeches 
I think this film for me shows the best and worst that you can get in a speech and having had to deliver a groom speech and I've also last year delivered a best man speech it's kind of terrifying to get up there and to try and do it yeah I do feel sorry for the best men in particular because there's a lot of pressure on them to be charming funny sincere yeah. all in one speech to be scripted by Richard Curtis <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which isn't really realistic lads, yeah. in fairness that's the one thing I've always said this and I think it's because like I was a barman then a waiter and then a supervisor for weddings for eight years so f- from high school into college and I got to witness hundreds of weddings and the one massive pain in the arse was speeches. For someone that's working at it, it's, it's the worst because you have to wait until they're over. And you don't know the people, so that you means nothing to it you. It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> but the real gem of speeches were the ones that you were about for and you were like, that's actually quite funny. But my favourite ones are like just short and sweet. I was once at a wedding that the best man's speech was 45 minutes and it was... I would have ripped my ears off. It was so horrible. It was <laughs> oh my God. Like, but it was just really bad. It was just boring. And it's always the one thing that really annoys me in it. When planning our wedding, myself and my wife didn't want to have like maids of honour and best man. We had like groomsmen and bridesmaids. But the one guy that we knew that would give a speech was our best mate. And he gave a speech about both of us. And that's the one thing I kind of hate about speeches is that it's always, ah, oh, me and John met and we were this and we got up to these antics and aren't we mm. so stereotypically male? <laughs> I hated that. Like, I don't like that. And that's the one thing I think that if I would knock um, Four Weddings, Hugh Grant, Charles's speech would be that it is just about the groomsmen. And I know that's yeah. probably tradition. I think it's a good example of how it's short and sweet, it's great. And then the complete opposite is the second wedding in that film where the character of Tom, he gives a woeful speech. But I kind of love it. I think if I was at that wedding, I would be Gareth, the uh, jolly, fun-loving guy. And he is losing himself laughing at how bad the speech is. I am that person. If a speech is really dull... I'm probably laughing really loudly at like <laughs> how hilarious the scenario is. My boyfriend is like elbowing me being like, shh, this is getting into rude territory. <laughs> I love yeah. all speeches as well. Like I relish the awkward ones. Yes, that particular and that one is fantastic. And I think it's a, another movie and I don't know whether you should take much lessons from a movie like Wedding Crashers, but the one really nugget of truth in that and it always stuck with me was Owen Wilson talking to um, Rachel, Rachel McAdams Ma- Rachel McAdams him telling her like when he's seeing the speech and going like oh god that's your that's speech woeful. is going to be horrible love yeah don't do it yeah and you know come from the heart and I think that is the tick box it's like if you're not funny just go from the heart yeah just switch it up and just be real be genuine because people will be like oh that's lovely that's really nice you know yeah one of the lessons that I definitely uh, noticed from Four Weddings and a Funeral, the rewatch, was that you don't have to speak for 45 minutes to do a good speech. Absolutely. Hugh Grant's speech, as we've seen from this YouTube clip, is two minutes and 26 seconds long and it is effective in every way. So let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to drag you from your delicious desserts. Uh, there are just one or two little things I feel I should say as best man. This is only the, the second time I've, I've ever been a best man. I, I hope I did the job all right that time. The couple in question are at least still talking to me. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they're, they're not actually um, talking to each other. The, the, the divorce came through a couple of months ago. <laughs> but uh, I'm assured it had absolutely nothing to do with me. Apparently, 
Paula knew that Piers had slept with her younger sister before I mentioned it in her speech. <laughs> the, the fact that he slept with her mother came as a surprise, but um, I think was incidental to the nightmare of recrimination and um, violence that became their two-day marriage. Anyway, enough of that. Um, my job today is to talk about Angus, and uh, there are no skeletons in his cupboard. Or so I thought. I'll come on to that in a minute. I, I would just like to say this. Um, I am, as ever, in uh, bewildered awe of, of anyone who makes this kind of commitment that Angus and Laura have made today. I know I couldn't do it, and uh, I think it's wonderful they can. So anyway, back to Angus and those sheep. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd um, raise your glasses, um, the adorable couple. I think if we've learned anything from that, it's that we should have harp music playing under us as we <laughs> make our sincere part of our speech. Definitely do music cues in your speeches. Yes. Uh, I love that, like, okay, he does have some dodgy jokes in there, but... Uh, it just goes to show that if you have one like really good nugget of sentiment, the crowd yes. will go wild. Yes. And you can allude to scandal without going all in on it, which is a nicer way to do it without outraging any of the more sensitive guests. Mm. And also this scandal is nothing to do with the current bride and groom. Yes. You know, so you're getting that funny. And then the only kind of joke is so like out there it's sheep you know like that's yeah. it yeah. so he's he's been very safe but been quite funny like and again it's written by Rich Curtis so it's a hard one to get right if you're an average show you know exactly to, to try and pitch a sheep sex joke is quite difficult <laughs> uh, for the average person but in Hollywood land it works he manages to do it with the plum and then we have a clip of a speech that goes somewhat awry I would oh, say mm-hmm. yeah when Bernard told me he was getting engaged to Lydia I congratulated him because all his other girlfriends had been such complete dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Although, may I say how, how, how delighted we are to have so many of them here this evening. <laughs> I'm particularly delighted to see Camilla, who, who, who uh, many of you will probably remember uh, as the first person Bernard asked to marry him. If I remember rightly, she told him to uh, sort off. <laughs> And lucky for Lydia that she did. <laughs> That's you, Selena, lolling in the background. It is me. <laughs> putting everyone else in the room to shame. So that's how it's not done, folks. <laughs> but also wonderful. It's, it's, yes. it's so well done. It's so bad. It's great that they pitched those two scenes like relatively close together yeah. in the film so that you can really see the difference in, you know, a skillful orator and someone who's just floundering. <laughs> My other favourite bizarre thing about this wedding is the fact that there's so many exes of Charles there and they seat them all together. Yeah, like I I don't know about you guys but I I know with doing like table plans or anything like that like it was kind of a debatable topic whether or not we would have a table plan at our wedding or not and we felt like look we're going to do it. I think it's best to 
you know, I think it gives a more relaxing environment to the people that are there because they don't have to worry about getting a seat beside somebody they like. You're mm. kind of already taking that decision out of their hands and they can accept it more. But and how many of your exes did you have at your wedding? I had zero of my exes <laughs> at the wedding because that's insane. Like, Good why would you do that? Yeah, like, why would you do that? That seems to be a theme throughout this whole movie of like why they're all getting invited to some of the weddings. Like Charles had met Andy McDowell's character like twice. And yeah. he goes to her wedding and so, same with all his pals. They don't even know her. I know. Like, uh, it's it's kind of, I think the difference there is there's a social class difference yeah. yes. there, I think. <laughs> that uh, for us, we're like, why would we pay for that person to eat food here? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. But this is a big lesson uh, in this one is don't seat people beside their exes and don't seat them beside four of their exes <laughs> at once. My brother's wedding um, had no table plan. Well, one of my brother's weddings had no table plan. It was a small enough one. And me being the brother, you'd assume that there would be a table set for me with family, but most of the family was on the top table. So I had to kind of source a table for myself and I ended up sitting with people that I had no idea who they were. And it was at the front of the room. I was right in front of the top table, but I didn't know them at all. And it was a really crap (laughs) experience during the wedding of your brother's marriage. You know, it was kind of... Yeah, I I really appreciate table plans now. Yeah, as much as I like the laid back vibe, the idea of it, it actually is a lot less laid back in person. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that was you taking one for the team there, though. You were like, listen, I'll sit on the dud table. Let's face it, it's a dud table. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) it's a very nice thing for you to do for the couple. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> You're still better. It's yeah, it's, it's, fine, it's, it's still like it always pops up when I'm talking about weddings. It's like, yeah, my brother's wedding. I didn't even have a proper seat. Like it was just, yeah, just fend for yourself. Yeah. yeah. They, they also had a wedding cake that was um, two pigs in shit. And it had. A <laughs> Sorry, topic. what? Yeah, they, their wedding cake was um, uh, a farm, like a, like a grass that was fenced with two pigs covered in shit and it had written as happy as pigs and shit I feel like that would be cuter if you saw it and didn't have it described to you yeah no no it's, it, like, it's literally it looked like what you're picturing so uh, I, I loved it I, I thought it was hilarious if you knew my brother you'd get it like, but, yeah. wow yeah, well was, listen you do you boo is our <laughs> philosophy <laughs> here and um, on the line of speeches the thing I do like about this wedding particularly from when it came out is that Andy McDowell's character as a bride does yes, make a speech I love that um I tried to get my wife to make a speech and she just, it's not her bag at all. Mm -hmm. Like it's not her thing. But the one thing we did have was, my dad's not with us anymore. So my mum gave a speech and then my wife's dad gave a speech. And then we had um, five and five in terms of groomsmen and bridesmaids. And her two sisters gave a joint speech and her one of her best mates gave a speech. Nice. So they absolutely outnumbered us in oh, terms great. of like the bridesmaids yeah. and the grooms. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Like it, it just had a good flow. We did it in a pub yeah. as well. So um, it was good crack. Like, And then we should probably finish up on Four Weddings with the kind of message behind the film that you don't need to get married to prove your love to one another. Yeah. yeah, I have to say I love how the film ends. It's very sweet when, spoiler alert. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Massive spoiler alert. When um, Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell's character basically promise to never get married to each other but to stay together forever. It's a very uh, unconventional end to rom-com actually. Yeah, mm. it is. And I think when I was younger I, I knew that alright, I'm going to be with my girlfriend at the time for the rest of my life and we always had this thought of why would we need to get married and at the end of the day like again as I said but we were probably together 10-11 years when we got married at that point it wasn't like we knew we were committed um, 
it was just more of a case of like we really just want to have a party with our friends to really celebrate that hey guys this is it for life now mm. you know things are easier when you're married in terms of if you're having kids and stuff like that with legalities and all that sort of stuff but in terms of like wanting to get married we were committed but it was more of a statement to everyone else going like hey guys we're in this for good like uh, we're happy with this we just thought like this is more laid back now we can just relax and approach this in a relaxing way as much as you can a wedding you you shouldn't be laying flat doing this Absolutely. Yeah, we were at a wedding recently where the couple have been together 13 years and really it did feel more like we've made this commitment a long time ago. This is just a party to thank all the people who've been really good to us over the years, uh, which is a lovely way to approach it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we leave for weddings and a funeral, I just want to do a disclaimer to say don't watch this film with your parents or anyone you feel awkward around because there's a really intense sex scene that I personally was not prepared for. And I've seen the film before, but I just plum forgot about it. incredibly graphic (laughs) (laughs) just a word warning leads us nicely on to our next film Selena what was your pick my pick is one of my all time faves it's Muriel's Wedding so Muriel's Wedding is I am going to say a feminist masterpiece is that fair too much uh, no, far? go for it. I do feel like no. we're all going to drift in and out of bad Aussie accents we over will. the next one. Yeah, oh God, I can't <laughs> resist doing the accent, but I'll try for the benefit of your ears. Just to tee up the film if you haven't seen it, it sort of inspired Mamma Mia in that it's there's a big heavy theme of ABBA in the movie. It is about a young Australian woman called Muriel who feels like an outcast in her family, in her friend group, in her local town. And she feels that getting married is the only way for her to prove her worth as a human being. So she obsesses over marriage and weddings. She's watching Princess Diana and Charles's wedding on a loop. Uh, She's picking out the dresses. She's got literal pictures of brides plastered all over her bedroom. Uh, she's obsessed. So I think the best way I can sum up the film is to play a little clip, which is Muriel trying on wedding dresses in a wedding dress shop, even though she's not engaged and has never been. Beautiful. <laughs> I hope the photos help your sister out of that coma. <laughs> Muriel! What are you doing? No, nothing. Why didn't you tell me you were going to marry Tim? Who? Tim Sims, your fiancé, the one who wants to shoot you. No, 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 just a minute. You can't come in here and threaten brides. I don't care how unfortunate you are. Fuck off. What is going on, Mariel? I've seen your wedding album. You've tried on every dress in Sydney. That doesn't mean I'm getting married. What else does it mean? I want to get married. I've always wanted to get married. If I can get married, it means I've changed. I'm a new person. How? Because who'd want to marry me? Oh, why can't it be me? Why is it that someone crying in a wedding dress is so much more tragic than regular crying? I don't know, but it's in a lot of movies, right? It is, yes, absolutely. Also, bride covered in blood is another trope. It's (laughs) trotted out at Halloween parties. Yes, that's true. It's a Halloween costume in Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kill Bill, I believe there's a very bloody... Wedding? Yes. (laughs) I love that clip because it really shows you kind of how crafty Muriel's wedding is at like twinning comedy and tragedy because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hashtag real talk in the film about like a woman's sort of role on the planet, especially in 1990s Australia. But yeah, it is just so gas at every turn.
The other thing we should say about Maria's Wedding is that it's really a film about friendship as opposed to a film about romantic relationships. So later on in the movie, Muriel gets her chance to get married when she's approached by the coach of an Olympic swimmer who wants to basically set up a green card style marriage so that this guy can enter the Olympics. And uh, of course, she jumps at it. It's the chance to marry basically a celebrity, um, this gorgeous celebrity man and have her face on the covers of magazines in Australia and everything so it's her dream but it doesn't work out exactly as she planned um, so this clip is Muriel and Rachel Griffiths character Rachel Griffiths has had cancer and she's had treatment so she is in a moment of frustration in her recovery you can do it I have to sit down right. I've got you doing really well <laughs> How can you stand this? You push me around in this chair, you cook for me, you even help me dress. I hate it. When I lived in Pauper Spit, I'd just stay in my room for hours and listen to ABBA songs. Sometimes I'd stay in there all day. Since I've met you and moved to Sydney, I haven't listened to one ABBA song. It's because now my life's as good as an ABBA song. It's as good as Dancing Queen. Come off it. Promise me something. We never go back there. What do you mean? I mean, I can't go back and live in pauper spit with Mum. Not in a wheelchair, not with her. You're gonna walk. Promise we never go back. I promise. You're gonna walk. I have to say, I get chills whenever I hear that line about my life being as good as an ABBA song. Are you going to cry, Claire? A bit, yeah. You always think of Muriel's Wedding, like when I look back in it or if I said it to someone, like I think you always just think back, like, oh, that's a funny film. Mm. It's, It's one of those, but it really is surprisingly tough really touching like very dramatic in parts like and it really as you said before like that line between being um, funny but having that dramatic and being able to break up that tension it's really really well done but I keep forgetting how that's the one thing on rewatching is like wow this is actually kind of hard hitting like it's mm, really hard it's hitting it's harrowing and the two yeah. main performances Tony Collette and Rachel Griffiths they're both fantastic yeah. in it as well they're yeah. really able to handle that comedy tragedy thing so well yeah, yeah. and for years I think that's obviously the role that we all associated Tony Collette with but it's only when you see her now and she's super glam and she plays these like quite harsh characters and then you realise what a transformation it was she's brilliant she is brilliant and she's gone on to do incredible like obviously this set her off you know to worldwide mm. you know, recognition but it's the kind of the meat in Muriel's is essentially what gets her those roles you know mm. like it's playing those roles the mum and six Sense and all that stuff early on that you're like wow that's where it is but it's all in Muriel's wedding yeah she proved her chops yeah. didn't she yeah yeah really did uh, I do think if you were looking for an alternative Prayer of the Faithful you could <laughs> trot out that line about my life is as good as an yes. ABBA song because it's just so sweet uh, so there are a few lessons to be learned from Muriel's wedding about weddings yes one of my favourites is so when she gets married it's a big fancy church wedding and they're playing like 
orchestral music. And then just before she walks up the aisle, it launches into I do, I do, I do, I do by <laughs> Ava. And everyone has this look of horror on their face. Like this is so trashy and like off brand for this big celebrity wedding. But I love that her best pal just like giggles away to herself. Yeah, the people who really know her are laughing because mm-hmm. they know that, you know, Abba is an obsession of hers. And uh, yeah, that's a lesson I like that, you know, if you have something from your big day that maybe you think doesn't exactly fit with like the beautiful styled, you know, palette that you've got or whatever, mm-hmm. throw it in anyway. If you love it and your partner loves it, yeah. go for it. As well, another thing that you definitely learn from Muriel's wedding is to not try on too many wedding dresses. I think she goes to every single boutique in Sydney. Yeah, and she has a book and she takes a photo of herself in each one and her book is like a giant photo album basically of herself in multiple dresses I don't know how she settled on the final one to be honest that's just too overwhelming she also rocks a pretty fabulous crown oh yeah that was another lesson that I wanted to mention was definitely wear a crown if you've got a chance on your wedding I guess unfortunately women have that pressure of the wedding dress that's kind of it's in popular culture it's like oh the wedding dress Mm -hmm. has to be whereas I think I went to one store and tried on like three suits four suits and I was like (gasps) <laughs> it's, like, it's a bit less faff. Yeah, mm. I was like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I do That'll think do. movies contribute a lot to the idea of yes. the one dress. Yeah. It definitely hypes up. I think if if you'd never ever seen a movie or a TV show about a wedding, you'd walk in and find the decision making much easier. Yeah, you probably would have just got something off ASOS and, like, <laughs> and be right. done with it. There you go. Yeah, generally the attitude I find with women when I ask them about their wedding dress, like after they've picked it, is very much like oh it's just a simple dress or like oh it's just like oh there's no big to do about it yeah it's very like don't compliment me on my dress like I actually fished it out of a dumpster (laughs) Um, it's very like downplay of the dress and I think that's directly related to what you were saying Claire about Hollywood and the big dress moment because Mm. for most people wearing a giant dress like Ariane Four Weddings and a Funeral and Amirio's Wedding is just not practical it's not them so don't feel bad if your dress is just a beautiful, simple dress. More fabric, <laughs> more money, right? Exactly, more yeah. waste. <laughs> so yeah, don't bother. So let's move along to our third movie, yes. which is your pick, Claire. It is. So my pick for this was iconic female friendship movie, Bridesmaids. Yay, more female friendship. Yay. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> I, I chose... female friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're allowed back in. Yeah. Um, I chose this film because I think it captures all the complicated emotions around getting married and planning a wedding and the difficulties that can arise in your other relationships. And as well, the the like weird jealousy that happens between friends. And it's just a really good kind of mixing pot of all of those weirdnesses that people often don't know how to address. Yeah, definitely. Like, even though I'm always so delighted for people when they're getting married, there's definitely a moment where I have an old eye roll because something has gone wrong or I kind of think, oh, God, this is turning into an enormous faff when they told me two months ago they wanted a small wedding or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, the the emotions are high yes. if your friend is getting married. And I think that's kind of the key to this film. And while obviously it's very much an over the top exaggerated version of it it does document the experience of being a bridesmaid really well the kind of forced friendships you're kind of thrown in a room with these three or four other girls and told okay you guys have to be best friends for the next four months you're like okay and you might have nothing in common you might have come from completely different places and you all have to plan a weekend away together and have a great time so we have a clip where she is telling the other uh, bridal party members that she wants them to go to a lake house for the hen party yes Email is sent. 
Hello? I just got your email. Um, Lake House? Yeah, um, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's Lillian's parents' house. We used to go there all the time in the summers and everything, and it's, it's wonderful. A bachelorette in a cabin? Oh, wait, uh, can you, can you, hold that thought. Hold on. Uh, hello? Fucking Helen. <laughs> hello? Annie, it's Rita. Hi. Listen. I need a trip that I can fantasize forever so that I'm able to have sex with my husband. That's why I'm thinking Vegas. Vegas? Hang on. Hey! Shut your filthy fucking mouths. I'm sorry. Surrounded <laughs> by savages. Uh, you know what? I should probably run. My other line is ringing. You know, I can get cocaine from my hairdresser. So, okay, bye. Hello? Annie. Yeah? I'm so excited. Helen just called. She said we can go to Vegas. You know, just, yeah, but we have to, we have to fly there. And okay, Annie, I know you're afraid of flying, but... I want to see Chris Angel, but I'm scared. Which I sort of love. Can you just hold on for one second? Oh, sure, 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 oh, sure. Thanks, sure. hold on. Time. I got... Hello? Hey, Annie, it's Megan. Oh, hey. Just, uh, had some thoughts about the bachelorette party. Okay. Here we go. Easy peasy. Vegas it is. Helen called you, didn't she? Yeah. She got the jump on you. I want balls in my face. Honestly, I think it's Vegas. Oh, I love puppets. Balls. I guess we're undecided. <laughs> Cue them all getting on a plane to Vegas. Oh, God, that escalated that really, quickly. Yeah, it yeah. sums up how things escalate quickly, though, yeah. in weddings. So you start off being like, oh, I just want, like, the simplest shoes ever. And then yes. suddenly you're Googling, like, monogramming the heels of your shoes. And you're all in a shared WhatsApp group, but there's, like, five, like, side WhatsApp groups on the yeah. go where yeah. everyone's yeah. bitching about each other. thrown shade. <laughs> Yeah, no, it definitely sums up that vibe. And I really like the idea of a chilled hen in a cabin in the woods. Definitely. Sure, we had a hen on a beach, remember? Yeah, I'd take lovely. that over Vegas any day. Oh, I do want to go to Vegas, though. Sorry. Oh, i take, <laughs> take anything over Vegas. <laughs> uh, if we were going to go see Celine John, maybe. I actually have, um, again, it's, it's true uh, personal experience, but I know someone um, who had asked three people to be bridesmaids and we went on like a it wasn't a stag or a hen it was kind of just a a pre get together to kind of like be both guys and gals to go and have a few drinks for a the day stag. yeah like yeah just together and then they were going to have their separate stuff anyway but um, we got together whatever and I kind of fell out with the one of the bridesmaids and this was my sister's wedding right so one of the people asked she didn't know that long, but had kind of been around for the last year or so. And then the family, the people that were there kind of got to know her like, oh, this person's not cool. And from how she reacted to me or how, how she treated me, then that person was not a bridesmaid anymore. But there was never any actual, you know, oh. you're not a bridesmaid anymore. They just stopped Oh, a slow talking. fade. It was a slow fade. Oh. Ooh, those are difficult. Happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was fine with it. And I think that's how strong that friendship would have or could have been. It, it was never going to last. Mm. But like, yeah, forcing people together sometimes yes. can, especially if it's early enough, can uh, potentially save your wedding as well. Yeah, <laughs> so. I actually think Bridesmaids have a really good scene where Kristen Wiig's character is demoted from Maid of Honor or yeah, from yeah. planning things basically and it is actually a really nice way of how to handle it as sensitively as you can I mean it's never nice to have to sack a bridesmaid but 
being upfront about it it's probably the way to yeah, do yeah. it no slow fades a lot of no. people are probably in that position where they're a bit worried about someone on the guest list maybe getting too drunk mm. and someone having to go over and giving a firm word have a word yeah yeah so I think one of the most iconic wedding moments of this movie has to be the dress shopping experience it gets a bit gross we won't go into that part uh, <laughs> but it's just the idea of going into a shop that immediate intimidation trying to be classy while slyly looking at the price tags and then zoning in on the cheapest dress you can find actually there's another trope we have to debunk here which is the nasty woman in the dress shop yes women in bridal boutiques are lovely so lovely and they're (laughs) They only want to sell you a dress that's within your price range and they're happy to just show you those and they're not going to try and swindle you into spending 10 grand on a dress when you've got a two grand budget. But in Hollywood, they are nasty pieces of work as we're about to see in this clip. Belle and Blanc, reservation name? Oh, I don't... I don't have one. We're just here to shop, just to try on some dresses. Okay, well, the next available appointment for bridesmaids fittings is in seven weeks. Absolutely no walk-in. Whitney... It's Helen. Helen Harris? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Oh my God, hi. Listen, I'll buzz you right in. Great. A lesson okay. that you should always call ahead at the boutiques. Yes. Hello. Or have a well-connected Hello. friend. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Welcome to Belle and Blanc, ladies. Welcome to heaven. Oh, man. This is some classy shit here. <laughs> Jesus, Megan. I'm sorry. I want to apologize. I'm not even confident of which end that came out of. Whitney, back to you. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, take a look around. Get to know the dresses. If you need anything, I'll be in my office. Have fun. Oh my god. It's a Fritz Bernays. Ladies, I I just don't think we can do any better. This is... This is beautiful. That is gorgeous. Uh, It's unique. It's special. It's couture. This is made in France. This is um, this is eight hundred dollars. Are you kidding? It's on sale. <gasps> oh my god! Are you serious? Oh, that's nice. Oh, Those other dresses we should be looking at. Nope, not that one. Um, oh, Lillian, Lillian, look hmm? at this one. Isn't this pretty? Yeah, it's really pretty and sweet, and you know, we don't want to upstage Lillian with a big fancy dress. Maybe we should just get something kind of simple. Oh. <laughs> Please, do not worry about upstaging me. Because... Guess who Helen is friends with and who's designing my wedding dress? Lady St. Petsois Jeju. <laughs> I just sent my measurements to France, y'all! <laughs> did it. Where were you yeah, when I was getting married, bitch? Ladies, let's not decide on this bridesmaid's dress straight away. Let's let our bodies decide, try some things on, and have some fun, okay? Yeah, let's have some fun. Ladies, start your engines. Ladies, ladies, if I may interject, I just want to say you all look stunning. That's a given, head to toe. And that's where we yeah, stop. <laughs> it gets good. too hard to listen to. <laughs> that would be terrible if you're listening to this in your commute. If we yes. just played the clip from Bridesmaids where they all oh. get terrible vomiting bugs. Rose Byrne is so good in that film. She <laughs> is. Good, and yeah. apparently she didn't really do comedy before this. No, because I'd only seen her in Damages, I think, before this, which is really dark. She's so good. So subtle and yeah. so good at being, you know, just so perfect. Oh, she captures that girl that you're just like, oh, and always says the right thing and no one else sees what you see in her, mm-hmm. which is always infuriating. <laughs> and that um, thing where you all have to go bridesmaids dress shopping and someone 
just falls in love with something and you're kind of trying to dissuade them. Yes. That is a nightmare. Yeah, it's very tricky. And you have to do it so politically almost. Like yeah. you just have to really like tactically yeah, divert their attention. That's to why I like else. the WhatsApp group because you can spend time formulating a response yes. that's very yes. kind and politically correct. That's yes. like, I'm not feeling that dress. How about this dress? Yeah, avoiding conflict is definitely the thing to learn from this film to take away (laughs) try not to destroy a giant cookie at um, a bachelorette party if you can which leads us nicely onto our next clip which I will queue up it's basically the bridal shower which is the most over the top ridiculous thing any of us have ever seen it's Parisian themed Mm -hmm. there's an Eiffel Tower there's pony rides there's chocolate fountain massive chocolate fountain puppy favours they're all gathered around opening presents, which I, again, think is odd. It's an American tradition, I know, but we just don't do it here. It's, it's different. And Kristen Wiig's character has given a really sweet, lovely, sentimental gift. And Rose Byrne's character gives an obscene one. <laughs> oh, my God, Helen. Honey, what is it? Helen's taking me to Paris. <gasps> That's ridiculous. Oh, 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 That's absolutely God. ridiculous. I'm sorry. Oh, I fooled you. God. Your face. It's just a little pre-wedding vacation. And while we're there, we're going to meet the designer of her dress and have a fitting. You are taking me to Paris? They're clapping. They're actually clapping. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Annie? No, Mom. She's not what we're all thinking. Paris? Doing. I told you about Paris, Helen. I told you about this whole idea. Annie, calm no, down. Lillian. Annie. Lillian, this is not the you that I know. The you that I know would have walked in here and rolled your eyes and thought this was completely over the top, ridiculous, and stupid. Look at the shower. Look at that fucking cookie. Did you really think that this group of women was going to finish that cookie? Really? Oh, you know what? That reminds me, actually. I never got a chance to try that fucking cookie. favorite line is that is that whole idea of can you not just come along have a nice time and then go home and give about give out about me like everybody else yeah I think 99% of the time when your pal is getting married and you're feeling a bit like oh for god's sake (laughs) that is the advice yes there's very few scenarios where you actually need to step up and go here you're being unreasonable Mm. most of the time you're just a bit grumpy because you haven't eaten yet that's always my problem generally that's the only reason (laughs) I think as well there's a lot in there for couples to learn that okay you're getting married and it's a really exciting time and your friends should absolutely be there for you and be happy for you but you don't know what's going on with them or you might not know what's going on with them and they have their own relationship stuff and job stuff and home stuff and you can't let the fact that you're getting married mean that you're not there for them 
as well. Yeah, so you have to check in with them just as often as they're checking in with you about your wedding. Exactly. And if there's one final thing I could take as a takeaway from Bridesmaids is to book Wilson Phillips for your wedding. That sounds reasonable oh, yeah, and realistic so. and achievable. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> or just put Hold On by Wilson Phillips on your playlist or request it from your DJ. Please. As a compromise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If only for the shapes that would be thrown in the dance floor. Yes. So we should get started on our wedding awards, the inaugural One Five Day Wedding Awards. Wedding Movie Awards. Wedding Movie we're Awards. We're not awarding Sorry. people. No, we're awards. absolutely not. <laughs> that would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to touch on some other well-loved and maybe some not so well-loved yes. wedding films uh, by doling out a few awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's start with the best fight. This happens a lot in films yes. at weddings. The other day in the office, we watched the clip from Bride Wars and they're brawling two brides in bridesmaids in yes. wedding dresses. Yeah, and Sweet Home Alabama, she yes. punches her mother-in-law, I believe. And in Four Weddings, you one do. of the brides punches Hugh Grant. Yes. Yeah, it's that like leaving her at the altar moment. scene, the moment, and she, he gets a good punch. And I think that's probably, to me, that's kind of one of the best ones. Mm. Like I know it's my pick. But <laughs> but it's, one of the, it. it's one of the best ones purely because like the build up that you have that's at the right at the end yes. and it doesn't it's not all Kill Bill on it you know and it's not comical Bride Wars it's not that sort of thing it works because he's obviously done stuff with this girl before you know it's Hen you see her tread the film and she's obviously really crushed by him and this is yeah. like the absolute crushing blow oh it's what you'd yeah. do if it was you oh yeah I would never be one to advocate for violence but I think for that instance it was definitely warranted and for that reason I think it should win our best fight award in a wedding okay let's give it to four weddings get in (laughs) (laughs) Stephen's excited on to best speech we've talked a lot about speeches today but there are some golden ones in weddings I am a big fan of Julia Roberts speech in my best friend's wedding which is another wedding film that I love if you haven't seen Mm, it definitely give it a watch it's a good one where she's finally come to terms with the fact that her friend who she's deeply in love with does not love her back and is marrying someone else and she does the most gracious speech where she basically just says I'm so genuinely happy for you and finally after two and a half hours of her not meaning it when she says it to people she finally means it she's finally decided that she's over him and it's very sweet and there's a song cue as well which I like she cues in the band to do um, I Say a Little Prayer for You by Aretha Franklin Flawless that's, that's my nominee yeah you've kind of sold me on that one like yeah I, I just remembering that as you're talking about and she's it. wearing that beautiful purple gown mm, it's gorgeous I know that's that's the main thing that you're in this <laughs> for Stephen <laughs> but it's also like Julia Roberts she's amazing as it is she can sell you on anything mm. like yeah. compared to like Funeral for Friends while that might be the box ticker for hey maybe try and do a speech like this the likes of that or the Rachel McAdams in Wedding Crashers how she saves it I think Julia Roberts one is probably I don't know We'll give her the gong Did I win this one? Yay Me and Julia On to best entertainer Okay my nominee And I know everyone thinks It's horrific Liza Minnelli In (laughs) Sex and the City (laughs) 2 I think Where she's performing Single ladies at the wedding I mean it's a moment It's a moment that I lived for It's probably the only moment Of that film That I was able to stomach really Yeah it is It is a, a bright spot In an otherwise but probably it's a bright spot because it's so bizarre. Yes. It's maybe not Liza Minnelli's finest yes. cinematic moment, would you say? <laughs> that, that franchise. Yeah. What do we think of the end of the ceremony in Love Actually when all of the musicians get up and That's do All lovely. You Need Is Love? I love that. That is really nice. I really like that. I think I've just overwatched Love Actually at this point. 
uh, yeah. So I might have well, ruined it for myself. I love that film as well. I've watched that mm-hmm. quite a lot. I really like that. I I, I like the granny in um, The Wedding Singer. Yeah. I really love that. And Doing she's um, a delightful oh. rap. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of against type. Yeah, I guess. she's definitely up there as a winner. I mean, I'm still going to hold out for Wilson Phillips, but the granny is a close <laughs> second try. <laughs> Uh, it's a toss between Bridesmaids and Love Actually for me. Yeah. Oh God, there are so many balls in the air. Right, you're the deciding about Selena. Okay, I, can I give it to the granny? Yeah. <laughs> I love the granny. I'll give it to the granny. And she's not even being paid to perform, which is why she gets extra points. <laughs> Best entertainer, the granny and the wedding singer. But she's as nice to you. Most obscene wedding scene as we're talking about Sex in the City too. Um, it's ostentatious. It's over the top. It has swans, I think. A bridge. Yeah. The fact that Liza Minnelli is at the wedding performing, it's not even mentioned, like it's no big thing. Yeah. The girls are all kind of rolling their eyes and having a cocktail going, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And those women, the characters in Sex and the City, think it's obscene and extravagant. Probably it's all you need to know. I think Sex and the City too clinches this one. Because it probably cost even the filmmakers millions to yes. put it together. I know a girl who was like a prop hand on that scene and they were on it for weeks. Sounded like a job. And it's about 15 seconds of the film. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Okay, are you in agreement, Stephen? Abs- yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, worst wedding professional. There's quite a few of these in Hollywood movies. I think my nominee for worst has to be J-Lo in The Wedding Planner. She's trying to hook up with the groom. Yeah, there's a lot of bad wedding planners, actually. In Bride Wars, mm. doesn't the wedding planner basically kickstart the whole plot by double booking a venue? Yes, yes. Which two is, best friends in the plaza on the same day. Which is why they start feuding and why they end up mm. punching each other at the end. Mm. Um, God, planners in the films. Just and terrible. the planner in Father of the Bride, Frank. Well, see, I... Guys... I think Frank's pretty cool. I really like him. I, I love I love Martin Short. Like I think he's awesome actor, and I really like Frank. I, I think he'd add a, a bit of you to your wedding. You know, like I think he's pretty cool. I don't know why. I don't. I wouldn't call him. He's bad. definitely got style. He has style. I like wedding professionals stick to the brief, and he does not do that. Yeah, the, my problem with Frank is the upselling. There's yes. a lot of upselling. There is. There yeah. is. And uh, Steve Martin is not here for it at There's all. There's swans in that film in There's the end swan- too. There's the a snow. lot of things in American Hollywood films. There's swans, trellises, loads doves. of yes. trellises. Doves. Of doves. doves. Yeah. It's always wildlife for some reason. Mm. If you're a wedding planner that tries to get with the groom, that probably might clinch the title of yeah. Yeah. crappiest wedding planner. J-Lo, I think so. It's all yours. Candice Bergen <laughs> in Bride Wars is just negligent and yes. Frank is just, you know, out for a bit of commission whereas yes. J-Lo is really trying to take yeah. them down. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's a purpose there. Rideiest mother of the bride or groom? I've got this one. I actually think, um, while I love Diane Keaton in Father of the Bride, mm. I think she's wonderful. Babe. I do think Jane Seymour in Wedding Crashers. Yes does like tick the box for me I'm yeah. like yeah Jane Seymour in anything yeah well yeah oh my god Dr. Quinn medicine woman she forever. does not age no we should give uh, some shout outs to Meryl Streep and Mamma Mia mm-hmm. Blythe Danner and Meet the Fockers and Kenneth Bergen again in Sweet Home Alabama even though she's usually ruining the weddings she yes. usually looks good doing yeah, it yeah that's it but yeah are we all in agreement it has to be Jane Seymour yeah I mean I'm never going to be able to say no to Jane Seymour for any reason so yeah Jane you've got it hopefully you won't have to (laughs) that's my life goal (laughs) okay and on that theme of objectifying people in films uh, we have a category which is swoon worthiest groom 
My yes. nomination here, it's not really a wedding film, but it was a big part of my childhood. Three Men and a Little Lady. Yes, that's a great wedding. It is a great wedding. And Tom Selleck is so dishy in it. Oh, what a dish. I mean, that moustache was just, you know, a whole moment for a decade where, you know, we were all... Maybe the reason why I married a man with facial hair. We'll never know. (laughs) Oh, I would say definitely it's a reason why you married a man with facial hair. My pick, I had many. Uh, (laughs) It's hard to narrow it down. I really am an admirer of Dermot Mulroney in My Best Friend's Wedding. Yes. Big in Sex and the City. Controversial. Controversial, Claire. I'm a... Aiden woman myself so I wouldn't be able to support you on that one I'll see you outside but my favourite I think has to be Matthew McConaughey in The Wedding Planner well it's Matthew McConaughey he's he was handsome basically like <laughs> built in a lab to be yeah. a rom-com idol yeah I would say like Dermot Mulroney to me like in the 90s was in all of those films yeah. like mm. all those type of films and he always was that like good looking guy like that nice guy I'm trying to think of the family stone that was early noughties mm. like he's great in that like he's really yeah. good in that like but I think he's really swoony as well but I don't know yeah. I'll, I'll leave See, it to I you guys to pick. I hadn't seen Matthew McConaughey in that kind of rom-com version of himself in years and then it was only when I rewatched parts of the wedding planner this week that I was like oh my god he was beautiful he's breathtaking yeah yeah I don't normally go for blondes but here we are, Claire. Here we are. He doesn't even have facial hair in the movie. Just oh yeah, I forgot about Tom Selleck. This is too hard. <laughs> oh, there's there's life changing decisions going to be made. There after are. This. Okay, I'm going to give you Tom. Yay! <laughs> Love a mustache. On the theme of Dermot Mulroney being in all of the wedding films, yes. we have to give shout outs to a few actors and actresses who are seem to be constantly in them for a yes. decade. Poor John Cusack and Judy Greer, eternal best friends. Yeah. Eternal brides bridesmaid. everywhere. <laughs> So, yeah, they get a special mention. There's not really an award for Eternal Bridesmaid, but if there was one, they would get them. They would join to get it, which is even sadder because neither of them gets to be picked first. <laughs> but that's uh, Hollywood, folks. And so concludes our wedding movie awards. I hope Huzzah. it's gotten you in the mood for your big day yes. in a good way, not in a cookie-destroying bachelorette party disaster way. Yeah. But if you do, make sure someone's filming it. That's gold. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. gold. Yeah, Stephen, we have to say thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I thank hope we you. brought you on a, a positive jaunt down memory Absolutely. road. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was great actually prepping for it and everything. So. And next time we will all sit on a couch together eating popcorn. Squad goals, right? That's yeah. a hashtag, right? It is. <laughs> yeah. It is now, Stephen. Yeah, you nice. just created it. Just done it. <laughs> thank thank you. you so much. Thanks. One fab day. Listener Dilemmas. We've arrived at the part of the show where we give our full attention over to a listener question. Selena, you've chosen this week's dilemma and I believe it's from a listener who's got some concerns about their ceremony. Yes, so she sure does. She writes, we're having a Catholic ceremony and it's a serious amount of paperwork. That's a dilemma in itself. But the problem is that we don't have a local priest as we don't go to mass every Sunday. We just want a super nice sound guy who can marry us and the priest in the nearby church isn't fantastic. Are we going to have to go to a different church every Sunday and try and corner the priest we like? What's the etiquette? Or do we have to make do with the priest that may not be exactly our style? Unfortunately, it's a big yes for me. (laughs) I think you do have to make do with whatever priest is willing to do your ceremony for you. Yeah, so in Ireland generally you choose the church. Um... So if you've chosen your church, it's their rules. So they might have a priest who will do the weddings or they might request that you bring your own priest, which tends to be the one from your parish. But if you don't attend there regularly, they might not agree to marry you. So 
then you hit a quandary and you kind of do have to see who you can get. It's actually really up to the priest whether or not he's happy to do the marriage ceremony. And I'm mm-hmm. sure there are priests who refuse if they don't know the couple and if they yeah. don't feel, you know, confident that the couple are churchgoers or whatever. Yeah, really always our attack on this is it's their church their rules you can't really do an x-factor style audition of sound priests unfortunately as fun as that would be to watch (laughs) it seems to be that if you think of other religions you would never expect them to bend the rules so just because the religion that's familiar to you you might think that they can but it's still a religion and they still have their set rules so yeah it definitely comes down to the individual church and priest and if you do want to be able to hand pick your celebrant i'd go for a secular ceremony instead Hi, Ross. Hi, Ross. Take the Emily. Take the Rachel. Take the Rachel. Step away from the spreadsheets. If there's one message we want you to take away from the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, it's that wedding planning can be overwhelming and at times quite emotional. So it's important to give yourself a break from it every once in a while. And in this section of the show, we like to provide some inspiration on fun ways to do it. So Claire, what is your pick this week? So my pick this week is to have one-on-one dates ahead of your wedding with your parents and your siblings. Oh, I love this. Yeah, so it occurred to me recently... I went out for dinner with my dad. My husband was away and I realised that me and my dad haven't gone out on our own in ages because my husband's always there. And there is something that happens when you get married that your family just evolves and because you are all family now, you kind of tend to do things together and your relationships change. And while you still might end up having one-on-one, if it's something that you think isn't going to happen or if you don't do it regularly, I think it's really nice to try and get those times in ahead of your wedding to make sure that your family members know that nothing's going to change and that you're still there and you're still invested in individual relationships with them as well as building things that are all about the family. Because I think in the lead up to the wedding, there's so much about bringing people together Mm. and mixing families, which is great and all, but it does mean that you end up having loads of short conversations with everyone, but never have really great heart-to-hearts. So yeah, I think it's good to take time out and use the time over your engagement too have a little one-on-one time. Yeah, I think one-on-one chats is the one thing that I can always do with more of in my life, but it usually more occurs to me to do it with friends than family. So Mm -hmm. I love this tip. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you so, so much for joining us for this episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We've loved every minute. If you've got further thoughts on how weddings are portrayed in the movies, we'd love to hear them. And as always, we're open to hearing your dilemmas too. You can email us at hello at onefabday.com or DM us on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. And before we leave you, we want to ask you a huge favour. We would love if you could press pause on this episode when I reach the end of this sentence and either rate and review the podcast on iTunes or send a link to a friend. I'll pause. Thank you. It's always great to get new listeners on board. And if you still haven't had enough wedding planning tips and advice, head over to onefabday.com where Selena and I are posting new features every single day. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.